So today, uh, we're going to do something a little bit different. I don't want to get you too excited, um, but I'm not going to preach. Is that okay? Yeah, I know, I know. I opened myself up for that one. Um, can we go back a little bit more, Kathy? Uh, instead, uh, uh, what I have done, and you may see some, you know, some parents in here pulling, uh, pulling their hair out. Uh, instead, what I want to do today is we finish uh, our series uh, in Esther. What I want to do is I just want to tell the story, but I want to do it in, in, in a way that, that the Jews would have done it. And so what I want to do is I just want to tell the story to the kids, and then you adults can just listen. How about that? Does that sound good? All right, so I need all of the kids, if you kids will come up here and just have a seat right here on the stage, just pull up here, just have a seat right here, get comfortable. I'm going to sit around. David, you're out there on crowd control duty, man, so if you, I'll call you up here. Don't think I won't. Um, all right, you guys have a seat. There's some room over here. Y'all can sit over here. Are y'all having a good week? Are you excited for school to start? Oh, some of you are. I heard yes. Oh, I heard some yeses. So, do you guys want to hear a story? Have any of you ever heard the story of Esther? Do you know about Esther? Do you? Can I tell her story today? All right. So, the story of Esther, well, I'm going to need your help through part of this. So there's some characters in Esther, and there's some good guys and some bad guys. And when I say a bad guy's name, what should you do? Should you do, should you boo when a bad guy, when I say a bad guy's name? Yeah. So the bad guy in the story, his name is Haman. All right, so let's practice. When I say Haman's name, and the adults can help too. When I say Haman, I want to hear you say a loud boo. Okay, you ready? We're going to practice. Haman. All right, that was pretty good. And now the heroes in our story, the hero in our story, her name is Esther. So when I say Esther, what should we do? You think we should say yay? All right, let's try it together. All right, I'll say, I'll say her name and then you all cheer. All right, Esther. Awesome. All right. Haman. Boo. Esther. Yeah. Haman. Boo. Haman. Boo. Esther. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? All right. Once upon a time, there was an evil king named Xerxes. And Xerxes got anything he wanted. Can you imagine? Anything at all he wanted, he got. And he threw a big party that lasted six months, and he invited everyone in the kingdom to come. And while he was at the party, he called for his beautiful queen, her name was Vashti, to come and appear before everyone. But you know what happened? She wouldn't come. And what do you think, Xerxes? you think he was happy about that? No. No. The Bible says that he burned with anger and was furious, and he banished his queen Vashti from the kingdom. And so now, without a queen, what's he, what does he need to do? What's he going to have to do? Get another 
Yeah, he needs a new queen. And so you know what he does? He has a beauty pageant and invites all the beautiful women of the entire country to come and to see. And he gets to choose which one uh, gets to choose one as his new queen. And so all of the beautiful women come and he chooses a very special woman. Her name is Esther. That's right. And Esther becomes king or, or becomes queen of the largest empire in the whole world. And even the day that he chooses Esther, he thinks she is so good and so special and so beautiful that he throws a national holiday just for her. Doesn't that sound cool? Now, also in this kingdom, there was there was the evil king second in command. He was a man named Haman. That's right. Now, Haman, there you go. You're better than I am. Uh, Haman wanted to be the king. He wanted everything that the king had. He wanted mostly the respect that the king had. And he expected everyone to bow down before him. But there was one man who would not bow before him, and his name was Mordecai. And he was the cousin of Esther. That's right. Mordecai refused to bow before the evil Haman. Now, this made him very angry and upset. And so he devised this evil plan to kill Mordecai, but not just kill Mordecai, but to kill all of Mordecai's family and all of Mordecai's people. Can you believe that? Wow, he sounds like a really bad guy, right? They called him the enemy of the Jews. And so he needed to pick a special date to kill all of Mordecai's family. And so he took some dice. They called them Purim. Can you say Purim? And he rolled the dice, and do you know what day they decided to kill all of Mordecai's family? It was March 7th. When's your birthday? Does anyone have a birthday in March? Is anyone ha- birthday on March 7th? I have a birthday. Is your birthday March 7th? Okay, good. <laughs> so can you imagine if that was your birthday? And on March 7th, they sent out this notice. They put in everybody's mailbox that on March 7th, everyone was allowed to attack and hurt and kill Mordecai's family to kill all the Jews, and they could take their stuff. Can you believe that? So how do you think Mordecai felt when he heard the news that all of his family and all of his people were going to be killed? How do you think he felt? Yeah, he was sad. The Bible tells us that he tore his clothes. He was so sad. And he he threw ashes and dust on his body. And it says that he walked through the streets moaning and crying and wailing. Can I hear a sad cry? What would a sad cry sound like? One, two, three, go. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So Mordecai was very sad. And his cousin, his adopted cousin, Esther, that's right, heard how sad Mordecai was, and she tried to comfort him. And Mordecai said, 
don't you know that the enemy of the Jews has planned to kill all of us, you included? And so Mordecai said, because you're the queen, you can talk to the king and maybe save us. Now, what do you think she said? You know, she was kind of afraid to go to the king, even though she was the queen, to appear before the king without him asking for her to come. Do you know what would happen? Can you make this sound? (laughs) That's what happens if you appear before the king without being called. You might be killed. And so Esther, what do you say? Our hero decides to pray and to fast for three days, and she asks Mordecai to do the same with her. And after three days of praying and fasting, she says, even if I must die, I will go and see the king. Does that sound pretty brave? Yeah, she was pretty brave. And so she went to the king's throne room, and she kind of peeked around the corner, and the king saw her, and you know what he did? He didn't kill her, but he called his queen to her and said, my queen, my queen, what do you want? I will give you anything you ask for, even up to half of my kingdom. Now, what does she really want? What does she really need? That's right. She needs all of her people to be saved, for them to be rescued. What do you think she asked for? The king says, I'll give you anything you ask for. And so what do you think she asked for? She asked for a dinner party. Can you believe that? She asked that the king and the evil Haman come to a dinner party with her. And as they sit around the dinner party eating all of their favorite foods, broccoli and Brussels sprouts, right? That's not what they would have eaten? No. As they ate all their favorite ice cream and cookies. What? Okay, they ate bread. As they ate this big meal, when you, after you eat a big meal, does your tummy stick out like this? No. What? My tummy does, and I, pat, I sit back and pat it just like that. Show me how you would do it. You pat your tummy. I'm the only one. The men know how to do it, right? We know how. But the enemy of the Jews and the king, after they had had this big feast, like a Thanksgiving feast, they were sitting around, and the king said to his queen again, I will give you anything you ask for. I'll give you anything. What do you think she asked for this time? Now is her chance, right? Now is her chance to save all of her people, to save Mordecai. And what does she ask for? Another tea party. She asked for another dinner party, another banquet. But before that banquet can happen, the evil Haman walks out of the banquet, and he thinks, 
man, I am really special. The Bible even says that he was extremely happy. He had a big smile on his face. He was number two in the kingdom, and even he was going to special dinners just with the king and the queen. And as he was walking out, he saw Mordecai, and everyone was bowed down before him except Mordecai. And the enemy of the Jews said, even though I have all of this, I will never be happy. And so his wife and some of his friends said, why don't you just go ahead and ask the king to kill Mordecai? This made the enemy of the Jews very happy. And so he immediately ran back to the king's castle to ask that the king kill Mordecai. Now, as it happens, at the exact same time, the king couldn't sleep. Could you ever not sleep before? Have you ever not been able to sleep? Your parents like it when you can't sleep? No. Yeah, they don't like that, do they? They don't like it either. So the king couldn't sleep, and so he has someone reading to him the history of his reign, the story of all of his decisions, and he comes to a place where Mordecai had actually saved his life. And he asked, what did I do to honor Mordecai? He saved my life. We should do something for him. And the Bible tells us at that exact moment, as it happens, the enemy of the Jews, the evil Haman, walks in. And the king says to the enemy of the Jews, what should I do for someone that I want to honor? The enemy of the Jews thought he was talking about him. So he said all the things that he would want. You should give him a parade and a horse and your own robe and have someone march him through the city telling everyone how awesome and good he is. And the king said, I really like this idea. Now I want you, the enemy of the Jews, to do this for Mordecai. Can you believe that? The guy that was driving him crazy and that he went in to try to get killed, now he has to lead him, the enemy of the Jews has to lead him all through the city, singing his praises and telling everyone how awesome he is. How do you think this made the enemy of the Jews feel? No, he was sad. He was embarrassed and his feelings were hurt. And he goes back to his wife, and he tells his wife what happened. And she said, you know, as long as you try your schemes against Mordecai, they will never work because he is a Jew. So right as she said this, guess what time it was? It was time for the second banquet. Remember, the queen had invited him to a second banquet At this banquet, they sat back, they had a big feast like Thanksgiving, and they sat back and they patted their tummies, right? Just like you do? Graham, show me how you do it. Yeah, buddy, that's how we do it. I knew you knew. They had a big feast, and the king asked again to his queen, to the beautiful Esther. Yeah, he said, what do you want? I'll give you anything up to half my kingdom. And Esther takes their chance. That's right. Thanks. Perfect. Um, She says, I want you to save the lives of me and all of my people. And it is the moment that she, God 
God put her there just for that moment to save her people. And at the same time, the king says, who would do such a thing to threaten my queen? And at that point in time, she raises a finger, raise a finger like this. And she points at the evil Haman. Don't point at me. No. And the king becomes so angry that you know what he does to the enemy of the Jews? Oh. Remember that fun sound? <laughs> Perfect. The king kills him. Now, Mordecai and the queen, the beautiful Esther, Yay! are saved, but they haven't saved their people yet. So believe it or not, the queen, remember how scary it was for her to go to the king the first time? How she risked her life to go to the king? She goes to the king again. And this time, she asks for the lives of all of her people. And the king gives Mordecai all of Haman. Boo, he's dead now. That gives Mordecai all of Haman's power. And they make a new rule that on March the 7th, remember this day that was supposed to be the day of doom, the day of destruction. On that day, all of the Jews are allowed to defend themselves. They're allowed to protect themselves. And on that day, on March the 7th, when it finally comes, all of the enemies of the Jews and of Mordecai and of the queen attack. But what happens? They all die. And the Jews, God's chosen people, are saved. What do you think about that? Do you like that story? Too much murder. I know. That's the Old Testament. That's how it's written. Now, on the day that all of the Jews were saved, what day was it? Do you remember? March. March 7th. Mordecai and the queen decided this needs to be a day we remember, a day that we celebrate from generation to generation. Go ahead and put that verse up there. Look what it says, and I'll read it to you. It says, these days would be remembered and kept from generation to generation and celebrated by every family throughout the provinces and cities of the empire. This festival of Purim, what's a Purim? Remember we talked about it? It was the dice that, that the evil, the enemy of the Jews used to pick that day. So they called it the festival of Purim would never cease to be celebrated among the Jews nor would the memory of what happened ever die out among their descendants. So to remember this day where God delivered all the people, they said every year on this day, you have to have a party. How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds awesome, doesn't it? So once a year, we celebrate a time where God, through the beautiful Esther, and Mordecai saved all of their people. And even now, Jews celebrate this festival of Purim on March the 7th. Well, what's today? It's not March the 7th. But would you guys like to celebrate the festival of Purim anyway? Would you guys like to have a party? Yeah. All right, so... To celebrate the festival of Purim, you have to do a couple of things. One is you have to tell the story of Esther, which we've just done, right? Yeah. 
Two, you have to remember a time when God changed sorrow into gladness, mourning into joy. That's the festival of Purim. Go ahead and put that next verse up there. Look what it says. When they're told to celebrate Purim, he, he told them to celebrate these days by feasting and gladness. They also give gifts of food to each other and presents to the poor. And they, this would commemorate a time when the Jews gained relief from their enemies. When their, see those words in yellow? Sorrow was turned into gladness and their mourning was turned into joy. How do we turn something that makes us sad into something that makes us happy, right? That's what it means to turn sorrow into gladness, mourning into joy, right? Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever had a sad moment and it be turned into a happy moment? Have you had that happen? Yeah. When your goldfish died, you bought a new one. I love your story so much. And then I bought a new goldfish. I named her Sunshine. The old one was named. And so you ha- you lost one, but you got a new one named Sunshine. That's right. That's sorrow into joy, right? Who else in the Bible can turn sorrow into gladness? Can turn our sadness into joy? Who else do you think? God can, but Jesus can. Can I tell you one more quick story? In Luke chapter 7, Jesus decides to go on this trip to a town named Nain. Can you say Nain? Nain Nain is a little out-of-the-way nothing place. It is a tiny little town. It it is a one-horse town. They don't even have a stoplight. It's a tiny little out-of-the-way place, but it takes Jesus all day to get there. It's 25 miles away over rough ground, and he walks all day long, and it says that a large crowd, even his disciples, followed him. Do you think they were happy about this long walk, or were they grumbling about a long walk? They grumbled the whole way because they didn't know why they were going to Nain. But right as they arrived at the city gates of Nain, I know this is a long story, there was a funeral coming out of the city gates right as Jesus was walking into the city gates. Now, the people coming out of the city for the funeral, what kind of sounds do you think they were making? Sounds like Mordecai probably, right? When he found out that all the people would be killed. They were sad, and they were, do you think they were probably crying? Yeah, they were mourning and weeping and crying. But here comes Jesus at that exact same moment, and you know what Jesus does? Jesus walks up to the coffin, and he touches it. And as soon as he touches it, the widow's son comes back to life. Do you believe that? And they went from a place of mourning, of sadness, to having a party. So, would you guys like to celebrate a change from sorrow to gladness, mourning to joy? Now, there's one other part of the festival of Purim, and I'm going to need your help on this. So, to celebrate this festival, they have a very special food. It is called... Amentashen. 
Can you say amentashin? All right, so the Jews make amentashin. Look at it. If you guys want to have one, you can get one. There's chocolate and apricot and strawberry and peach. Do you guys like chocolate? All right, so you can try one. Everyone get one. There you go. Good. You don't have to. If you don't want to, that's okay. But they're really good. They're sweet. So, do you want to try one? She's not hungry. You want to try one? I know. New things can be scary sometimes. You're welcome, buddy. There's no honey. There's a strawberry or a chocolate or a peach or apricot. Do you like any of those flavors? Yeah. So what shape are these in? Triangle. Yeah, they're in a triangle. Now, Amentashin are named after Haman. It's spelled H-A-M-A-N. Yeah, we, can, we don't have to do that anymore. We're done. He's dead. Um, and some people, the legend says that Haman would wear a triangular-shaped hat. And so Amentashin are made like triangles. But Amentashin really means Haman's ears. Did you know that? You're eating Haman's ears. Is that gross? Yeah. So they just think that maybe they were pointy, like, like just to try to say that he's this kind of evil character, to demonstrate there's this evil character. Now, these were made special for us by, I actually called a bakery, uh, a, a kosher bakery here in Nashville, and I said, I would like some amentashin. And you know what they said? They said, it's not March 7th. <laughs> and I said, I don't care because we're studying Esther and this is how we celebrate Purim. And when I was talking to the lady at the bakery, her name was Melissa, but her Hebrew name was, do you know what her Hebrew name was? She said, my Hebrew name is Esther. And I said, you know, in Persian, that means star. And she said, it also means the hidden one, like the fruit filling in the middle of Amentashin, the one that God planted there to rescue his people. So, do you think we should let the adults have some Amentashin too? No. That's right. So why don't you kids go back and have a seat with your parents, and I'll give you some more instructions. Can we give them a hand for being such good listeners? You're welcome. So I, I, I know it's not March 7th, but there's a couple of things that, that I want to have happen here next. Um, Esther's story is so, so powerful and, and so meaningful and have you heard that phrase before, sorrow into gladness, mourning into joy? It comes from this place. And the Jews, every year they celebrate the festival of Purim, the, this feast of Purim. It's the only non-Mosaic feast, uh, uh, um, uh, only feast not started by Moses uh, in the Old Testament, in all the feast system. But it's something celebrated still today. And, and the joy comes from memory. It comes from remembering, go ahead, you can get it. It comes from remembering 
when God rescued you. It comes from remembering a time when God turned your sorrow into gladness, turned your mourning into joy. And so here's what I want to have us do over the next few minutes. I'm just going to make a, make a, a, a social time. Can we, can we just kind of have a party atmosphere a little bit? You know what I'm talking about. Let's just pretend we're not at church. You can do this. And what I want to do is uh, I'm going to say a prayer for our, for our communion, and I want, I want you to start there because Jesus is the one who can turn our funerals into a party, right? Jesus is the one. He is the ultimate one who can turn our sorrow into gladness, who can turn our mourning into joy. And so at first, the first thing I'm going to do after I pray is I'm just going to send you to your communion tables. We have several tables set up. They have the, the, the cup that represents the blood of Jesus Christ poured out for our sins and the bread. It's something we do every week. We think it's so important. And so I want you to take the cup and the bread. Remember Christ. Remember his sacrifice for you but also remember a time when he has turned your mourning into gladness, right? When has God come through for you? Because those are memories we need to hold on to. The Jews said this feast is supposed to happen generation after generation, so you would never forget God's rescue. So you would never forget when God delivers his people. He hears their cry, and he delivers so as you take this communion, I want you to remember a time of deliverance, a time when God showed up for you, a, a, a time where maybe God used you, even, even a place where you were sad and he turned it into joy. And then I want to invite you after you take communion to come up and I invite everyone, everyone for sure, to sample some amentation. But I want you to share it. Uh, I want you to share it with your memory. Okay, this is, Purim isn't just about sweet desserts, which is awesome. It is about sharing memory. So I want you to physically, I don't want you to run back to your seats. I don't want you to run for the exit. I'll put guards by the door. Um, I want you to share. When has God been faithful to you? What, what's one time God has showed up? What's one time you have experienced the joy of his rescue, his Deliverance. When has he answered a prayer? When has he been faithful to you? And when you share these memories, what's going to happen in this room? Celebration, right? Joy. So, everyone understand what you're supposed to do? I will tell you these are made by the kosher, one of the kosher bakeries here in town. Um, the, the lady that worked there was a Jewish woman named Melissa and, uh, or, or Esther. And um, uh, she was really skeptical about what I was doing and why I was asking it, which is so awesome. Um, but the more I talked to her about it, the more excited she got. So these are handmade with love for us. I don't know, has anyone in here ever had Amentashen? See, so this would be a great experience. And I will tell you, uh, there are chocolate and apricot and peach and strawberry. But if you are especially brave and want to be especially biblical, the traditional kind are on this plate, and they are poppy seed. And they tell me that it will either be the best thing you ever put in your mouth or the worst thing. So you'll either love it or hate it. So if you're especially, uh, um, if you really want to celebrate Purim faithfully, you will, you will come and try some poppy seed. 
So this is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be interactive. So get up, talk to your neighbors, talk to your kids, share this time together. Let us celebrate who God is and what he's done for us. Everybody understand what we're doing? After a, after a time, you don't have to go back to your seats. After a time, our team will come back up and they'll close us out in a time of worship. Let's pray together. Father God, we, uh, we come before you and we're so thankful that you're our God. Um, time after time after time, you've heard our cries. You've heard our pleas. You've, you've, you've heard our despair. And you've answered. You've shown up. And Father God, we know that whatever, whatever struggles we're facing, I know we have people right now that are facing health issues and family issues and job issues and, and, and every kind of crisis that we're facing. God, we know that because you're our God, those things are always going to be temporary. That you will never be far from us. That, that you have not abandoned us. In the same way you never abandoned Esther or Mordecai, but we're constantly working behind the scenes, even in ways that, that were impossible to see, to redeem and restore and deliver your people. Father God, we see that plan worked out even today. We see that plan worked out primarily through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ. And we celebrate him today. We remember the, the horrible price he had to pay, but it was one he was glad to pay and willing to pay so that we could be with you forever, so that we would experience rescue. Father God, um, only your son Jesus can turn a funeral into a party. And so God, today we remember him and we remember the, the sorrow, but also especially the gladness of your love and your provision for us. So Father God, bless us as we take this, this cup and this bread that represents the sacrifice of your son Jesus, died and resurrected for, for us so that we would have forgiveness of sins and life. And Father God, let us enjoy the sweetness of that life, the fullness of the life you promise as we take this amentation and celebrate your deliverance. Celebrate Purim today. We love you, Father, and in your Son, Jesus' name, everyone together says, Amen. Amen. Now remember, party. You don't have to be quiet. You don't have to whisper. Stand up, celebrate, and share. Enjoy. <laughs>